Here we go. I'm Dave Johnson, along with George Wallace, Rob Woodfork, and on vacation, no less. You can tell from the sunscreen on his nose. That's wise. That's smart. Even though you're indoors, I still haven't quite figured that out. Dave Preston, but he never, never takes a week off. He's always with us on the WTOP huddle. Glad you're with us as well. Uh, yes, a lot to get through this week. The Nationals were basically at the midseason point. But we begin with the Washington football team. And that's what they are still called a year on from the announcement that they would be changing their name. Uh, and there's been some talk and, and some people saying, hey, we like that Washington football team name. Rob, who is our resident lawyer, points out trademark might be an issue. So you, you can't <laughs> trademark that. But the point being is we know this week, the news this week, Warriors is out. I never thought that, that was a great option. Again, and initially, that was where I think some of that groundswell came from. Daniel Snyder had trademarked that or, or, or done something with it because in case he activated an arena football league expansion franchise, not, not that there's anything wrong with arena football league nicknames, but that's what warriors was all about. This was back when Jerry Jones had the Dallas Desperados and, and the arena football league plan was uh, to get NFL franchises involved. That being said, no warriors. They say early 2022, we'll have a decision. George Wallace, you're on the clock. You like what we have now. What do you want to see? I, I I don't think – no, I don't like the Washington football team. I, I think it's going to be uh, – I want to see a name. I want to see a logo. Uh, I think – and the main reason I think you're not going to see Washington football team stick, and Dave went through this before with the Wizards, you sell all this merchandise. You've got – you've made money last year on the Washington football team. Then in 2022, you're going to get a new name, a new logo. And then you're going to make a lot more money on a whole new rebrand. So that is my thinking on that. I think that they're going to come up with a name. They're going to, you know, they're going to keep the colors, which we know, no Native American imagery, which is smart. You're not, you got to get away from it all. And then, you know, come up with something. Now, having said all that, they got 40,000 submissions. If, you know, what's going to happen if they're sitting in that room and you can't agree on something, I would love to be in the final decision there, who's going to come up and say, all right, this is the winner. I mean, I don't know how that worked, Dave, with the Wizards and the Bullets. So was that, a, was that, a, I know they did the, the public uh, forum for the Wizards, right? But was it right. a, you know, a final, did A. Poland finally say, this is the final call? I would assume he's got to have the final say. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all comes down. Jason Wright said they've narrowed it to their, their short list of names based on research and analytics. And, you know, that's what we do all these days. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do come up with, but I think it's not going to be the Washington football team. That is my guess. I think you're going to see a new name and new logo. You know, it's interesting to bring up the Wizards because this came up a year ago. Somebody was doing a feature on this, and, and I asked somebody inside the organization, you know, it's 20 years on, you know, give me the real story. Uh, was it a predetermined name or, or et cetera? And, and the reality was it was it was a fan balloting that, that did – decided. Uh, and now I will say, as you looked at the ballot, I can't remember the other two choices, but, but Wizards was the only one I liked because I mean, uh, I just, yeah, I, I was on uh, board with Washington Seawolves. So that's one way. Yeah, to make no, it. Sea, sea dogs. That's what I'm sea saying. Dogs. Like, they didn't have, they didn't have, they had like two options that were actually viable and the rest were complete trash right, names. Right. How is sea oh. dogs in any way, shape or form related to Washington in well, any way? And, that's terrible. No. That sounds no, like a minor league baseball team. Right. And there is a minor league baseball team. I think they were in Portland. <laughs> right. Dogs. And, and again, that's part of the challenge here, coming up with a nickname for a Washington team. Right away, you know, yeah. I remember what the Wizards people were saying, calling the humidity. 
as we speak here in July, <laughs> or or everything goes government oriented. Uh, Rob, uh, again, you're now. I let me just say this: I like Washington football team. I, I agree. Maybe that's my and you do too. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I I think it's I think there's a um and it's and George will appreciate this. I think there's a Seinfeldian simplicity to going by Washington football team because what sport more than football is so team oriented that you can rally around the fact that we don't even have an external um uh we we we, we don't even have an external um like a uh, figure to attach our identity to like we're just team we're all about team so much so that we just call ourselves team so for washington I, I i like the logo that they have in place now i like the sort of simplicity of just being called the washington football team but i think they box themselves in a corner because it's so generic that they can't get a actual copyright for it so they've kind of boxed themselves in a position where they have to pick a name and uh and and, and sort of get that um, and get that sort of external uh, thing to rally around. So uh, I have been on the record multiple times as saying, I really like the name Federals. It fits in line with the Capitals and the Nationals. And I am all about a scenario in which we have a stadium full of people screaming, here come the feds. So that entire thing right there. And actually when I interviewed Jason Wright, I told him that, and he said, and I quote, I'm here for it. So I hope that in some way, I influence them to choose the name. And oh also, man, can you imagine oh. if this? Can you imagine if I'll this never happens? hear the end of it? Oh, oh my I'll, god! And, and by the way, why should I'll be more insufferable about that than Cam Newton, George? I can yeah, assure right. you of that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Which will be the quarterback coach of the Federals? Trust me, one day, Cam. But and the Federals were the USFL team in the city, yeah, in 1983 and '84, yeah. but. I think the statue of limitations, it's been so long ago that uh, you, you can move right. on from that. And it needs to be noted that Colorado Avalanche, of course, we know them from Denver. There was a Denver Avalanche. That actually, it was pretty successful in indoor soccer for a, a few years. So you can bring back a name if you like it. Dave Preston, before the sunscreen falls off your nose, I know. <laughs> oh, you've got a great suggestion. Get a I, 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 I'm all in on the Federals. You know, it, 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 there is – there's enough of a memory of a team that was called the Federals, but not enough of the memory to remember how bad they were when they were here. I think they went three and 15 or two and 16 in both seasons. They moved to, I think, Orlando or something along those lines. I, what I would prefer is maybe a W on the side of the helmets. I'm gonna, I, I know our, our friend Bruce, uh, who calls in all the time and leaves messages on our computer. He actually threw that suggestion in, so I can't take that on my own. But I'd rather have a W than, the number, than a numeral on uh, the side of the helmets, just uh, just my two cents there. Actually, I would prefer that they don't put anything on the helmets. I think that there's, again, like there's a simplicity and there's like a, a sort of a, a I, I just like it. I think it's clean. I think it's just like the Browns. The Browns don't need a logo, you know, just give just give me the helmet. I, I would like for them to bring the stripe back uh, down the middle of the helmet, uh, the burgundy and gold stripe. But um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think they need anything on the helmet. I think it's kind of goofy to put the numbers on there. I think well, the big thing is uh, not just, you know, the change of the name. Uh, John Kime on ESPN did a, a piece uh, recently on just what an incredible year it has been for that franchise from uh, the shakeup in the front office, the shakeup in the broadcast booth, the uh, just the, the, the coach having cancer, surviving cancer, the player with the compound fracture starting and winning games. It's it, this has been a year. And during the uh, COVID pandemic, I'm sure we said, 
wow, this March of 2020 is the longest year ever. Well, the last year for the Washington franchise has been one heck of a ride. It, it's felt like 10 years of drama in just 12 months. All right. There we have it. And again, I'm on the record of liking the Washington football team. I think it's uh, simple and direct, unlike the government. Uh, so that, 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 that is a good uh, selling point for a team from Washington. Nationals, uh, George Wallace, uh, the story you like so far from this team that is dancing on the fault line. They're not out of it, but you know what? It could swing the other way if, if they get into a losing skid. Uh, and what, what do they need going forward? Yeah, it's funny. They're right. You know, it, it's going to be interesting. The last four games didn't help against the Giants. And, you know, out west, okay, you split with the Padres. Very good test the last couple of weeks in this first half of the season. But when you look at, what is it, nine guys to think now? What is it on the injured list? Is that what it is, nine? I mean, it's – you can hope that maybe in the next couple of weeks you start to get some guys back because – and I know we've touched on it before, and then within the last couple of weeks I didn't think we were heading there, but Mike Rizzo is going to have decisions to make here in the next couple of weeks as we hit towards the end of July already. Uh you know, six back right now, but in no way are they out of it. No, because nobody wants to take this division. They got Acuna going down. You know, the Mets aren't that good. So you kind of, I don't think I would blow the whole thing up in a couple of weeks uh, and just hope again that you get Steven Strasburg back. You hope Kyle Schwarber's hamstring isn't as, as bad as it looked and sounds. Um, and you get guys, you know, you get Trey Turner starting to hit Juan Soto starting to hit, you know, guys starting to kind of get their groove. And, you know, Max Scherzer even mentioned Steven Strasburg in his all-star press conference yesterday about look out. If we get him back, we're going to start to go back into the bullpen uh, starting to come around. Gerardo Parra has been a, a, a bright spot. Who would have thought, um, you know, Victor Robles, Starling Castro, you know, if they can, you know, the schedule is going to be a little more favorable now than it was the last couple of weeks playing all these top dogs in the West. And, and, you know, you still have your division in front of you. So I don't think they're out of it, but you can't come out of the break and lose what, like four out of five. Because and, and, if that's the case, then, you know, you're, you're going to fall further and further back. I mean, I think they're nine back now in the wild card. So, you, you know, you, you, these next couple of weeks, you have to stay within striking distance. Hey, Preston. I think the best story, uh, sadly, was Joe Ross's father saving uh, someone in the stands last weekend uh, with using the Heimlich maneuver. This has been this has been one of those years where even the good stories have a tinge of not awesome in the meaning. Kyle Schwarber has a massive June, a, fan, a June for all time, and then hurts his hamstring uh, in the second game of their series against the Dodgers, and they wind up getting swept there. As George mentioned, lots of questions coming up. And with the different trading deadline this year, where it's the hard July 31st, uh, they have to make some decisions. You'd like to see Max uh, finish his the productive part of his career as a Washington national, meaning maybe get one more contract. And then if he wants to sign on for something out of that, great. Because looking forward, is there anyone out in the free agent market that you would rather have that uh, for the money that you'd be paying Max Scherzer than Max Scherzer? Uh, some good stories. Trey Turner has played really well. And I've been impressed with the play of Eric Fetty at times. Joe Ross has done well at times when he's not been hurt. The problem is this everybody has gotten hurt. Everyone has gotten hurt throughout the course of the last uh, couple of weeks or so. And it, it, this all-star break is coming at a perfect time. Hopefully yeah. they'll be sharp and they can take two of three from San Diego. All right. Rob Woodfork. Uh, I mean, 
how can we not mention Kyle Schwarber in the hot streak that he was on in the month of June? I mean, I don't know where they are right now without that. Uh, moving him to the leadoff spot looks like pure genius, and then you have to wonder why he wasn't in the leadoff spot to begin with. But uh, Kyle Schwarber, a big story in the first half. In the second half, we really need to see more from Juan Soto. I got to mention, he was the star of the home run derby because that faceoff between uh, him and Shohei Otani in the first round, that was by far the best part of the home run derby, even though neither guy ended up winning it. So, um, and we were really close to not only getting sort of a battle of the beltways in that final, but we were really close to getting a really great feel good story with Trey Mancini uh, beating cancer and then uh, potentially getting a home run derby title. So um, we, we just got to give it up for what was a very fun uh, and you know me guys, I'm, I'm a grouch when it comes to all-star stuff, it's just, it, it's lost on me because I'm over just all-star stuff. I mean, just a lot of stuff? stuff, but especially all-star stuff, regardless of the sport, <laughs> but the home run derby was, a, was, was absolutely, it was a home run last night. I was, I was a fan of what we saw. By the way, real quick, speaking of that, we don't get off topic, Dave, but how do, how, what do we, how do we feel about Pete Alonzo up there dancing, showing this, 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 as he's, as he's up there about to win? How, do we like that in all, a home run derby? Is it, is it cocky? What do we think about that? I didn't like I didn't like who he was doing it against. I mean, obviously, because we have sort of the local ties somewhat to the Orioles. But I mean, I, that's what it's supposed to be. I'm not one of those people yeah. who's like, you know, in baseball, guys who like flip the bat and, you know, look at their home run. Uh, I mean, you made the play. So you get to strut a little bit. Nobody but baseball uh, has a problem with that. You do it in basketball. Nobody cares. You do it in football. Nobody cares. Baseball, for some reason, I'm supposed to act like uh, I'm in church after I hit a home run. So I'm here for anybody showing that level of emotion after they do something really special because they were crushing balls last night. Oh, yeah. yeah they were yeah. crushing balls. And uh, 520 feet from Juan, and then uh, yeah. Otani hit six of 500 feet. Those are both mm -hmm. records. Unbelievable. No, I, I'm the same with it. With a home run derby, just go ahead and have some fun. Having yeah. said this, in basketball, I'm with with the Hall of Famer Wes Unsold that if some of the shenanigans he's seen in the NBA would go on, they'd settle with a hard foul the next time down the court. So that that's 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 his philosophy. You wouldn't be dunking on on uh, Wes Unsold. We say go ahead. Oh, George is still there. George, yeah. why don't we uh, get? Well, first of all, I'll give you my Nationals player to throw out there that I think, and he's been maligned at times. There's no question, but I think uh, the ability of Starlin Castro to step in at third. Uh, base when that was such a big question mark in the spring and he hits the all-star break uh, with a 14 game hitting streak over that time batting 479 so uh, he's an example of if the nationals are going to have success as max scherzer says they know how to play from behind like they did in 2019 you're going to have to continue to get uh, contributions and play from starling castro not only in the field but also uh, at the plate and the, yeah then the state the obvious uh, steven strasburg comes off the injured list and makes a difference. I think that probably has to happen to cinch it because with Paulo Espino and, and everyone else, they've been kind of winning with lasers and, and mirrors, but at some point they're going to need Strasburg in this equation. George, any other thoughts, Nationals otherwise, before you have to run into a sportscast and update the masses? Uh, you know what? No, but I was going to throw out there a, uh, a uh, since we are up to the minutes here, uh, are we worried about the, Team USA after two straight losses to Ooh. Australia. Popovich isn't worried. He's talking about progress. They've been together five days. I get that. 
but should we be worried? Well, well this, this, let's this, go to Rob Woodford. Yeah, this was this was going to be my parting shot today. Actually, um, I'm uh, and it does have kind of a local tie because Grant Hill is going to be taking over USA basketball. We all know he played his high school ball at uh, South Lakes in Virginia. But um, I, I I hope that the big thing that he does, uh, one of the first things that he does once he takes over, is uh, is find a coach that is better suited to the international game. Nobody here is going to talk about. Um, Popovich not being a good coach. I think we all know that he is. Uh, he has been great in the NBA, but being an NBA coach is a very different uh, skill set than being an international coach. Those are the, it's the same sport, but it's a different game. So we need a USA uh, is what I mean. USA needs a coach that is more in tune with the international game because here's the fact. They're playing against teams that are together pretty much all the time. And then we are taking a bunch of NBA players who haven't played together for the most part, throwing them together on a team and then expecting them to gel in what, like a week, week and a half. Right. It's not real life. You got to be able to get a team. Uh, you, you have to be able to get a coach who's able to uh, who's able to handle that scenario and get the most out of that roster. And it, you know, Popovich, He's nine and five in 14 games as a team USA coach. That's not going to get it done. So I, I, I feel like, and again, this is not a diss that he can't coach. It's just that the international game is very different and they need a coach with an international uh, either background or just a better skill set that translates better to the international game. Hey, what President. concerns me too with uh, this Olympics in particular is that due to the pandemic, the end, the late end of last season, the late end of this season, Players' body clocks are a little bit off kilter as far as being able to rest, recuperate, recover, and then play in an Olympics. Uh, it's this is it's almost a perfect storm for things to go awry. It's Popovich's first Olympics with Team USA, so it's as the head coach. So there's that as well. And as you mentioned, the other nations guys play together a lot more often than Team USA does. So. I am concerned until they uh, until they put on the gold medal and until they win that gold medal game, I will be somewhat nervous and rightfully so. And yeah. my party shot this week, something I was reminded of this week that the, the Howard University golf team recently had a bison at the beach event. Steph Curry investing money in Howard University to create and help fund that that golf program. And as much as we should celebrate Tiger Woods for encouraging uh, diversity in golf. I think if there are more steps like we're seeing at Howard University, that is going to move the meter uh, for diversity in, in golf in, in so many ways. We're in education uh, and golf is, is part of the spectrum. And this is also happening. Uh, and I know that the search continues. And I did a, a feature uh, on the, uh, the Black Youth Hockey Movement with the Capitals uh, back in February. Tennessee State is looking into creating a, a college hockey program. These are the kind of steps uh, that, are, that are being taken. They're small steps, and we're only talking two schools here. But when we talk about ways, how, how can we create diversity? My belief is that is when you establish something at a college program, now we're really talking about the potential for significant progress. All right, yeah, guys. Definitely invest in HBCUs, and that's coming from somebody who went to an HBCU. Where'd you go? I went to Oakwood College in Huntsville, Alabama. So Third generation. <laughs> and, they, and they're the Oakwood what? 
Uh, they're the ambassadors. So I don't, I, I mean, hey. maybe, maybe the Washington football team can take throw that. It in that throw it in the ring. Well, all right. <laughs> and, and, hey. and, well, I was One just going to say about ambassadors. As the oldest person in the room, here's a trivia question for you. The World Football League franchise in Washington that never played was called the Washington Ambassadors. Jack Pardee was supposed to be the head coach, but the problem was they couldn't get a stadium deal sorted out, and I think they became the Florida Blazers. You might have to fact check me on that oh, part. Wow. But I do know That's they were supposed one. to be the There's your Google it. There's an week. actual uh, <laughs> uniform and, and, and helmet. Dave Preston, I know you you appreciate that I interrupted you for that fine fact that you couldn't live without. But I think so. Well, uh, two things before we depart. We look across the pond. Novak Djokovic wins his 20th uh, Wimbledon or his his 20th Grand Slam championship. You think of what he, Federer and Nadal have been. They've won 60 of the last 72 men's Grand Slam championships, 17 of 18. They had 24 of 25 at one stretch. What an incredible achievement by Djokovic, who will likely go, well, he will go for the calendar Grand Slam. This uh, at the U.S. Open has a chance to pass both Federer and Nadal as far as career Grand Slams, both those guys getting older. It's much more likely that Djokovic wins at least two or three in the future than these guys uh, win one more. Also, the Open Championship or the British Open. Tease off this Thursday. We have a preview on the sports page at WTOP.com. Did you know that Wales has yet to have a British Open champion? They're the only country in the United Kingdom. Even Jersey, a uh, Commonwealth crown principality off the uh, French shores in uh, the uh, the channel. They have a uh, they have a British Open champion. And I thought my Washington ambassador's fact was going to steal the show, but you did it as always. So <laughs> Had to do so, something. Hey, it's all. It's all in the Huddle newsletter, too. This is the oh, kind wow. of stuff you can get in the Huddle newsletter. Shameless plug, sorry. There we go. <laughs> plug away and make sure you include that as a trivia question there. And that does it for this week's WTOP Huddle. For Dave Preston with the sunscreen indoors, we'll work on that for a while. George Wallace will do a sportscast. And the pride and joy of the Oakwood Ambassadors, Bob Woodfork. I'm Dave Johnson. Thanks for watching. Break. Break. Break.